Yep. It's Tuesday, November 25th. It's a stupidly small podcast. I'm Stu Farrell. Hello, Lauren Clark. Hello, Stu Farrell. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. How are you? All right. Good to be back. And you know what? I'm going to start the show with business because I think it's the fairest way to do it. Uh-huh. Lance Rock Publicity. We're yep. going to thank them. They're this week's sponsor. And we're going to give them full details at the end of the show. Yeah. Do we call this a show? Yeah. It's a show. All right. It's a total show. Full details at the end of the show. But if you're a band, an artist, or just uh, someone that needs a bit of publicity, head to lancerock.com.au. They are this week's stupidly small sponsor, and we love you from the heart of our bottoms very, very much, because uh, without you and any other sponsor we may get in the future, we are toast. Anyway, <laughs> business business gone. Open with the possibility of us becoming toast. Well, look, you've got to see the... Uh, the negative lining on every silver cloud, don't you? You do. Well, because otherwise that's right. you're living in dreamland, and the, those that only see the silver linings generally uh, eat coal for dinner. Wow, is, is that saying? a proverb? It's an old uh, <laughs> Broadway saying. In fact, uh, from my, you, I've got a bit of a roots in uh, stage and screen, and um, yeah, we used do to say you? that around the house mm. at. Uh, Puppy's place. Uh, puppy. Puppy gets a run every now and then. <laughs> I don't know what puppy is. <laughs> Lauren, it's Tuesday and that, that means mm. it's day, um, it seems to be food day in this country. Food food writing. Is it? Um, food talking, food well, cause, consuming. Because Thursday's film day, isn't it? That's the day the films come out. And Thursday's all film day. Yeah. What's Wednesday? Oh, and t- TV day because that's when the green guy comes out. What's what? No, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday's TV day. Because the one of the papers had the big TV guide. Remember when TV used to be important in this country? I know, isn't it hilarious? It was a minute ago, but it feels like a decade ago. Well, I was watching the Channel 9 the other day. The Channel 9. <laughs> and, uh, okay, Grandpa. And uh, did you have your feet up on the, uh, what do they call it? Well, you don't put your feet up on anything. No, no, on the special thing to put your feet on, you do. The but pulse. you have to go and buy one. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going to say. D- uh, wasn't it Ottoman? Yes. Right. Did you have your feet up on the ottoman? No, I had it on the coffee table, but don't tell uh, anyone. Whoa. And uh, Channel 9, remember, do you remember that, you know, uh, end of the year uh, into summer mm. and the, the, the free-to-air networks? Well, yeah. back then there was only free-to-air networks. Yeah. They would launch their upcoming season. I totally remember right? this. And, but the, the grandiose advertising. It was like a kind of... Network orgasm, and it was it Whoa. involved. It was. It had. Remember, there was the one with the splashing paint, and the paint would splash across the screen behind them, that and they'd be orgasmic. throwing paint at each other and giggling and laughing with just gay abandon, and and you're thinking, what is this party? And then you realise they were newsreaders. Oh, <laughs> well, was the, not enticing at all. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, but what was pre Christmas in December? Mm. What would you receive? Don't you remember those ones? No. Oh, the goofy whole network uh, Christmas promo. But that's what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I'm see, I'm talking about the summertime post-Christmas when coming up in 1987. Oh, no, no, yeah, okay. The big year, 87, yeah. where we're going to, you know, show Chips and right. YMCA. What was that? Not YMCA, uh, A-Team. Right. But don't you think the A-Team was sort of like the village people? In that <laughs> there was like there was a guy in Feathers. And uh, there was the cigar chomping member of the village people. Uh, that, <laughs> that sounds a bit is odd. This, is, this and a, <laughs> is this a cultural theory? 
Well, it sounds well, a little bit like it could uh, become a thesis of some kind. Well, I do have to complete my um, PhD and I could do it <laughs> on... Wasn't that what, in particle physics? Yes. Right, yeah. But weren't the, were the A-team the television version of the village people? Probably, yes. You, would have, <laughs> you, you don't even <laughs> want to engage. We, we, we digress. And, yes. Uh, we were just saying that Tuesday is food day. And, oh, wow, we were too. That was that a was long time ago. five minutes ago. Yeah. But have you noticed how what food you, writing has degenerated? What you mean is it's, the, it's food day in the newspapers. Yeah. Right, yep. yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, I mean, it's degenerated, hasn't it? It's become... I never used to read food writing much. What, was it, what did it used to be? Well, it, it was critical. Right. It was at times harsh. Yeah. You would go to a newspaper yeah. and uh, want to... Read. You'd want to see what this particular uh, critic had to say, and if and the first thing you look for is the rating, because if it was like nine out of twenty or whatever, yeah, you would know, yeah, that what was about to unfold was some brilliance, right? Dirty cutlery. <laughs> I can't believe what this chef did to that fish. And they know? were. The, I love that. I love the fact that there were critics who were feared, you know, in restaurants. Who well, Stephen Downs is the great one that I remember. Yeah, um, old shut them downs as they called him because. Uh, he he had no fear. Yeah, you know he yeah. would he would if he would call a tough steak a tough steak. Right. But then berate the chef for it as well. Yeah. And uh, it 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 sort of it was entertainment because equally a mm. good review right would set the heart a lot. Yeah. Actually, that's not probably no. a good thing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly not if there was a steak involved. No, it was served with chips and a nice bernets. It could be lovely. <laughs> but um, mm. but these days, what do we, I mean, we, we look, number one, the first thing you notice is that both papers do the exact same thing on the same day. Yeah. So they're doing the today, tonight, a current it's affair really, type of They really, that is a good anal- analogy because, and they look the same. They look exactly the same. They, they roll out a celebrity chef. Yep. Uh, to talk about his favourite napkin or lettuce of the week. Uh-huh. Um, then what else? What What's the one thing you take from today? There's two different food sections. What yep. do you take from them? We're talking about the Herald Sun and the Age. Yeah, it's both Melbourne Australian newspapers. So they've done. In fact, I can. In fact, the layout is exactly the same. Look at it. Mm-hmm. Best pub grub for fifteen bucks in the Age and fish for compliments in the Herald Sun. But top they've done 10, They're all top ten. Lists, top ten lists. Who came up? Who, who was it, or when was it that ten was the number? Why, Actually, can I say there is also in the age top ten new bars? And there's another. Isn't there another top ten in there as well? Top ten best grub for fifteen bucks. Yeah. Top ten thing. I don't know. Probably, but you're right. I mean, this is the ah, oh, no. Oh, yeah, there probably matter. is. Uh, there, there's list after list after. List. That's what journalism. You know that, that's what that's what they want because they're basically not just they're not competing with each other really are they? They've got the Herald Sun um, Age version of ACA and uh, hmm. Today Tonight, but really they're competing online against Buzzfeed and all sorts of other things. So they know that when somebody goes to the Age, they don't want to get a review of a restaurant. They want to go where you know they, they they're going out to dinner, and so they look up burger. I want to go to a burger place. I want to take all my burger. mates. Burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they Google it, Burger Melbourne, and then up comes t- top 10 burgers in Melbourne and then they say to their mates, let's go to one of these. Oh, what, a, what a terrible way to live your life. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's, and, of course, that 
that is a, what you're doing is you're believing if you believe a list like that that somebody has has poured over this that have they've really but actually they've just gone who does burgers what's everyone talking about let's put a list up like you know and if you know you the know, best way to find out about the best burger what go and this eat burgers in every place well yes number one eat burgers yeah. for a start yeah. and then write down what you think yeah no <laughs> yeah or instagram now, I'm uh, taking it back to the That's the online. a good point. I've yeah. got friends on Instagram yeah. that all they do is post pictures of hamburgers yeah. and where they're from and they tag in the chefs oh, and do they? the venue and then the chefs get involved. And, really? Oh, these guys don't oh, muck around. You follow um, proper people who do those things. Well, they're just animals that eat a lot of hamburgers. But do you know what? That's true. There's a whole there's a whole online way of doing this now, which hmm. is much better than looking at the top ten list in a newspaper. You can do the four square thing or the you know urban food thing. We it's actually mm. kind of crowdsourced. I know you're not into that, but you can actually you know you you, you want to see what genuine people think, not what the, are they genuine people? This well, argument's been going on for a while now. Like they're just stacked. These online reviews. Sometimes. Urban spoonage, you know, or I'm not saying them specifically, but, mm. you know, those where you get the GP allegedly coming in to speak about food. The GP, right, yeah. General public. Yeah. Not, the, not the doctor. If the doctor's <laughs> coming in and commenting on your food, you know you've eaten at the wrong spot. I was spot. thinking Grand Prix, but You've anyway. eaten that boiled hamburger that we were talking about from Scotland last week. <laughs> but um, Oh, that's right. Don't make me ill. Yeah. Do you remember the old joke about, uh, this is one my dad used to tell about hamburgers. I love it already. Well, it, it's... Your dad was the one who had the Scotland burger too. That's right. Well, yeah. he used to tell this joke as a kid and we, we thought it was the most hilarious thing that ever walked. And... Uh, the walking joke. Guy walks into a fish and chip shop. Yeah. He goes, g'day, mate. How are you? He goes, hey, I'm good, good. He goes, I need you to make me a, just a special kind of burger. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> he goes, oh, okay, fine. We, we like to cater to all tastes. All right. He goes, the bun. The bun has got to be hard and burnt. And barely buttered and almost inedible. He goes, oh, okay. He has the patty. When the patty cooked to within an inch of its life, dry, lifeless, horrible. But the egg, I want the egg runny and uncooked and disgusting so it goes all over my hands and too much sauce everywhere. And the lettuce has to be limp and brown and foul. And the, the beetroot, I want beetroot on this hamburger. But if you could add a little bit of mould here and there, that would be fantastic. And the cheese... The cheese, well, don't even put it on. Even I'm asking for cheese, but I don't want you to put it on. He's going, sir, how am I to make you a burger of this poor quality? Well, you did last week, mate. Oh. Boom, tish. Wow. <laughs> I was really holding out for that joke. Remember. Remember. I was, I honestly had real hopes for that joke. <laughs> I thought my mind was going into all sorts of different possibilities. No, that wasn't. I, did, I put it this way, that was not my favourite joke. All right, well, let's have a Tuesday challenge then. Yeah, uh, we've just made up that segment. No, we're not telling jokes. No. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what we are doing, yeah, is we need. You take that joke out there, dear listener, mm. and you tell someone today at work or at home or no, in the playground. Don't make people do this. And I want to see if you get a better reaction than I got from Lauren Clark. No. Because when I was a child. That was a classic. All right, that's enough with the oh, jokes, I get it, I get Stu. it, I get it, I get it. All right. We don't have time for this kind you know of shenanigan why? because guess what? It's time for our first guest. Kaz Cook's in the place. I'm so excited. Should we let her in? Go on. Okay. Stupid. 
There it is. That is, uh, it is now time for our first ever guest on the Stupidly Small podcast. Now, that sound (laughs) is the sound of a cup of tea, a teaspoon in a cup of tea, and that heralds the beginning, and that's a biscuit being snapped (laughs) 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 and eaten. Uh, That heralds the beginning of our first ever Do Drop In. A little cup of tea and a biscuit segment with one Kaz Cook. Kaz, hello. Hello there, you two. How delightful to be here. Hi. <laughs> sharing can I, a cup can you of tea. What's going on? We're sharing. Stuart and I are sharing a microphone. This is uh, this is what happens in really high tech <laughs> organisations mm. like our. Um, what did we decide it was a startup? It is a startup. It's mm. a really um, so. Listen, is Kaz, the key word for today funding? Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, what we wanted to talk to you about, because you are, of course, a writer and a cartoonist and a thinker and a reader and a lover of delving into strange and wonderful places in the history of uh, both literature and sort of sartorially as well. Please yes, well tell done. Us, please tell us a little bit about why you are living in a cupboard under the stairs at the State Library at the moment, just yes. to set us up for some of this. Well, as you have intimated, Lauren, I like a rummage in a nook. <laughs> you do. And uh, what I've been doing is what's called a creative fellowship at the State Library of Victoria. So you're a fellow. I am a fellow. Nice. Um, and it's a cunning ruse that you apply for uh, and they will let you uh, have a cubby at mm. the State Library for three months to a year, depending on which fellowship that you get. Right. Uh, and... I said that I would like to do a project on all the stuff that's in the State Library collection that's about what people wear Mm. to show uh, who they are and where they belong. So it could be a footy jumper, could be a photo of someone in a tiara denoting, ha-ha, I'm richer than you. Right. That kind of (laughs) thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a mason's uh, apron. And they actually have a lot of these items in the library. They, they have this stuff. So not just books no, with them in it? No, not just books. I've learned well, a couple of new w- words, but one of them is realia, which Ooh. is stuff in a library that is not a book. Realia? Yeah. So like regalia, yeah. but without the G. Mm. And uh, so, look, I've seen patty pans. I've seen uh, wedding outfits from uh, from the 1870s. Extraordinary things. Can I just ask what a patty pan is? Sorry, excuse my ignorance. Mm. Well, I note that you're not having uh, one of the biscuits, Stu. Um, and you really do need to, as they might say in The Wire, re-up on your baking oh. skills. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> patty pans are those little sort of... Um, crinkly edged, folded edged things that you make a muffin in. And when you buy a muffin, the paper holding thing that it's in, that the paper cup mm. almost that it's sitting in, is a patty pan. Not a muffin pan. No. Not a flan pan. No. Okay. My a apologies. patty pan. Patty pan. Are we clear now? Mm. Can we can we go on? I'll read up. <laughs> yeah. Best best. I, think, um, I don't know if you read up. I think you re I think you've re upped. <laughs> yeah, I think just so too. From yeah. a grammatical point, I'd just like to correct people on their use of baking terminology and anything else I don't know a lot about. So tell us then, you've, you've mentioned, you've tempted us this morning to telling us that what you're going to speak about this morning is a hairy brooch. It is what a hairy you, brooch. What, do you, what, what does that mean? Is it a euphemism or is it a real thing? It is not. Uh, you may know that in the Victorian era... Mm. Uh, i.e. not the era of our 
great state of Victoria. No. But uh, your queen, mm. um, when she was alive, uh, people used to have a real fetish for mourning because she lost her husband, Albert, who she loved immeasurably. And when he died, she was in mourning for, I don't know, several decades, I think. But So she wore black for like 25 years or something, but she decreed that other people should wear black for at least two years and then they could go to silver or mauve or grey. And So there were all these really elaborate rules about how you mourned. And the other thing was it was really popular and fashionable to have jewellery made out of hair, real what? people's hair. So it would be either you would make um, some jewellery or have a pendant and there, was a, there might be a hidden... Um, sort of little um, door at the back and you'd open that and you'd have your woven bits oh. of hair in there or it would be the woven bits of hair from your dear departed. Oh, so, so that's what like a locket of hair idea, is that? Yeah, so right. a lock of hair. A um, locket of yes. hair, a lock, yeah. Mm. So the, there were these two um, elderly ladies, and elderly for, for the 1840s that we're talking about. Mm. They lived in Geelong. They ran a farm together. They were companions, they shared a bed, and you can make of that whatever you will. A lot of people make their own assumptions one way or the other, depending on what they would like to have happened or not to have happened at all. Right. Um, <laughs> and these, uh, <laughs> these two ladies, that was Miss Anne Drysdale and Miss Carolyn Newcomb. And so when uh, poor old Miss Anne Drysdale uh, popped off, uh, snatched up to glory from the wheat fields, mm. um, her, Caroline, who was her partner uh, on the farm, combined her hair and her dear companion's hair together and sent it off to the jeweller in Geelong. And he, I, I don't know, Stu, that you might not be up with this idea, but the knitting Nancy, does that mean anything to you? A lot of kids have, do a little bit of a weaving thing with a knitting Nancy. Is it a, a trainee knitting doll? It, it, it is, Right, Stu, yeah, I have a collection. Brilliantly done. <laughs> um, and so using that sort of spiralling knitting, knitting Nancy uh, sort of method, yeah. the jeweller wove the hair into sort of a basket weave pattern and then made this beautiful brooch, which is on uh, show now on the fifth floor of the State Library of Victoria. You can go up and actually see this thing. And when people see it, it's actually really moving. It's a very beautiful, delicate... Um, brooch with a gold lyre, which also um, was a symbol of fidelity. So symbols were really big. You know, you'd often have dogs or roses or something on a brooch or a piece of jewellery and the symbology was all, you know, if you knew what it was, you knew exactly what was happening. Can I just ask, uh, moving because you know the backstory, is it, I mean, is it the whole – or is it just that's looking a, at something like this? That's a good question, actually, because once you know the backstory, it makes it more moving. Mm. But actually the object itself is so delicate and so beautiful. And you look at it and you go, oh, that's a pretty great brooch. And then you go, it's that hair. Right. <laughs> so that adds a whole other dimension to it. And, that, so that's, and I think because um, – a lot of things when we look back are the same. You know, people loved each other. People wanted a memento. And mm. some things aren't the same. Like people now find hair kind of creepy. Like there's not a lot of difference between the way we feel about fingernail clippings <laughs> and hair. Yeah. And you can't really imagine making a little ring out of fingernail clippings. Or But at the same time, I, I, I think there's something touching about the, about the trying to cling to life. Uh, you know, there's something yeah. in that, you know, concept. Yeah. A cup of tea. Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea. Thanks. I'll have another one. Fill that. You know put, me. Yeah. <laughs> White and one. <laughs> like the cabinet and women. Um, anyway. yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, 
I, I think that's kind of touching, isn't it? That that actually what they would what she was maybe trying to do is to keep her companion, her friend, her lover, whoever it was, with her at all times, yeah. and to weld the two of them together. Mm. It, it was yeah, a interwo- literally thing. interwoven. Um, and actually, in because I've made a little exhibition which is on the fifth floor at the moment now too, which was part of my Have fellowship, you? although they haven't managed to get rid of me out of the building yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little secret lady tiptoeing around the corridors I am. Um, and so there was this woman, Georgiana McRae, who was you know said to be a pioneer. She was one of the, uh, uh, the sort of... Um, the, the first wave, I suppose, of, of uh, lots of white folk, European folk, to the Victorian colony in the 18... Again, in the 1840s. Mm. Um, what the hell was I saying? Georgiana McRae, Lost the, in the Library. Uh, the oh, yeah, no, together. in my exhibition, she, the, the Georgi- Georgiana McRae's made a pendant of her dad, like a little miniature portrait, because she was a miniature painter. She wasn't miniature, no. Stu. <laughs> paintings themselves, which is quite a large woman, apparently. Um, so she's done a portrait of her father, who was the Duke of Gordon, but he, she was his illegitimate daughter. So she was wearing this pendant of her dead dad... And then she put her hair on the back of it. Meanwhile, in England, after he died, his wife, um, who had never acknowledged the Ill- illegitimate daughter, also had bracelets made of diamond and jet with oh. her hair in them to commemorate her husband. Wow. But ne'er the twain met. So it was huh. so popular that, you know, both the estranged daughter and the, you know, the, the duchess had these uh, things made. So, yeah. Wow. A hairy brooch. A hairy brooch. It's a lot more beautiful than I thought it was going to be when you described it as a hairy brooch. (laughs) Yes. Probably my marketing skills (laughs) need a little tweak, would you say? That's right. You've not nailed that, but you've absolutely nailed uh, telling us about that this morning. And you're going to do this a few more times for us, aren't you? I tell you what, if if these gingerbread biscuits are here again next time, absolutely. And a cup of tea. Very nice. I bought the biscuits, can I I point out? going to tell everybody that. I was going to say, country. sorry, Lauren, yeah. you did bring the biscuits I for did. the inaugural episode of Do Drop In, Kaz. It's mm. been lovely to have you about See you soon. Stupid. Well, Kaz Cook can come <laughs> any time <laughs> she likes. Um, okay. uh, can we have her back, though? I actually, think so. I, I think we should insist. Next time she can bring a burger, not biscuits. No, oh, okay. biscuits and tea. I think we should make that a little... Tradition. All right. Do All right. drop in. Do drop in. New biscuit. Nice cup of tea and a biggie. Okay. Don't you think? Sure. Gives it's a morning. bit of yeah, yeah, that's right. Just every now and then we'll just have her in and she can tell us some stuff. I love people who know just, you know, stuff. She's she's a stuff is where it's at. Like but actually that knowledge too, not just a sort of rumour, just actual she's done Ooh, the work. Oh, hang on, what's wrong with rumour? <laughs> and innuendo for that matter. <laughs> hey, defender. Hey. Yeah. It is no rumour, though, that Lance Rock Publicity is this week's sponsor of Stupidly Small Podcast mm-hmm. down there at stupidlybig.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what they do because otherwise the sponsorship is pointless. They specialise in CD launches, gigs, tours and CD releases. Was working that tours? With tours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Tours. Tours. Yeah. Uh, working with Musos in promotion and publicity for about 13 years. It's quite maths. some time. You're, you're the maths person here. <laughs> what year did, did Lance Rock start? Shut up, she explained. 2001. Uh, yes. Come on. Yep. Caters for all types of bands, genres, and more importantly, when it comes to podcast people, budgets. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
So uh, plenty of experience. Worked down at Triple R, our old friends. Meredith Music Festival, Shock Records, Channel 31, Aztec Music. Lou Ridsdale down at Lantrock. Can be contacted down at lantrock.com.au. There's your first point of call. And uh, let her know that you heard about it on Stupidly Big or the Stupidly Small podcast. I even confused myself for this one. And uh, yeah, here's, might... here's how to remember it. The podcast is Stupidly Small and the media empire <laughs> oh, yes. in which the podcast sits is Stupidly Big. Dot com. And don't forget, you can find that at Twitter at Stupidly Big. Also, Facebook.com forward slash Stupidly Big. If you get involved in those networks, it's very good. And also, I'll bet to call you Lou because Lou Ridstyle's from Landstruck. Lauren. Yeah. Join the mailing list. You sent out the first mail yesterday featuring a video of yourself. I know. It was. Um it, well, that took a, quite an act of courage doing that. Well, it was you explaining podcasting uh, in character. No, it was. Is that you? Well, no, it was. It was me. It was me in character. But it was you're making out like it was an acting tour de force. And really, I was just being a bit silly. But uh, yeah, the first email did go out, and it's useful because we're not going to inundate. We're just going to make sure we keep in touch with people as we go. Yeah. Not inundate. Illustrate. Oh, whoa. Huh? You're a poet, man. I don't even... I'm not going to say No, it. don't say it. That's foul. Until tomorrow, dearest Lauren. Until tomorrow, Stu Farrell. And uh, thanks very much to Kaz uh, Cook who for Do Drop In. You can, of course, uh, chase up her really fascinating blog, um, Fellow Frockery. It's a, a total time waste. <laughs> if you are procrastinating, I, I absolutely guarantee that you've got some hours of fun there. And uh, the exhibition is, of course, at the State Library, the one she's... Um, She's partaking in and you can see some of the things that we're going to be talking about with her next time she comes in as well to drop in. Next time she drops in. We'll put all these links up with the show notes and on the website, Stu Farrell. Oh, can't wait. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.